This was the same Arbor Street which had once aspired to grandeur when, a century earlier, affluent merchants and manufacturers had erected elaborate Georgian mansions along the northern part of the hill, each edifice grander than its predecessor, as the newly wealthy sought to upstage one another in the all-too-common manner of self-made men. A century later, what a frozen fish fortune once procured for the Jensen family had been reincarnated as Harmony House, a long-term residential facility for physically and developmentally challenged adults. Over the strenuous objections of the hastily formed Arbor Street Citizens Committee, the state had purchased the decaying mansion, cut back the shrubbery, renovated the interior, installed an elevator, ramped and handrailed everything in sight, and then painted the whole thing a single shade of dull green. Monkey shit green, as Shirley liked to say. Shirley said a lot of stuff, most of it funny as hell. Thing was, nobody but Paul could understand her horribly impaired speech, and since Paul had never been known to utter so much as a syllable, Shirley's witticisms were pretty much destined to remain an inside joke. That Paul was somehow able to hear words where others could not, that he laughed at her jokes and followed her orders, had long since been chalked off as miraculous. Like the way Benny the dog could hear thunder coming from a long way off. At the end of the walkway, Darl stood with his hands thrust deep into his pants' pockets. Darl had a problem with decisions. He just couldn't pull the trigger, couldn't decide whether to go left or to go right. Left alone at an intersection, he'd stand there until either the cows came home or the cops rustled him up and brought him back to Harmony House, because his name and address were sewn into his clothes. As Paul wheeled Shirley along the walk, he smiled, or maybe grimaced. With all that scar tissue on his face, it was hard to tell. Looked like somebody had crushed the front of his skull with a crowbar or something, pushed everything back. So far, it was both a wonder he was alive and a mercy he wasn't tuned to the same channel as the rest of humanity. The state of Washington had estimated his age to be between twenty-five and thirty at the time he was discovered, lying near death in a railroad car down behind Western Station. Some bureaucrat had named him Paul Hardy, after a nephew who had died during childbirth. That was seven years ago, so these days Paul was probably somewhere in his mid-thirties. A strapping 220-pound block of concrete who spent...